everyone, and welcome to episode 15 of the Hydrogen Nowcast, recorded on December 9th, 2020. This is a podcast devoted to encouraging the deployment of fuel cell EVs, hydrogen fueling, and hydrogen infrastructure throughout the world. The Hydrogen Nowcast is a production of the Colorado Hydrogen Network in Denver, Colorado. In each podcast, we'll interview the people, organizations, companies, and municipalities that are working to produce or deploy hydrogen technology. We'll discuss their plans and strategies, successes, and lessons learned. Our intent is to encourage and motivate others to take charge, to help deploy hydrogen as a means to decarbonize energy, and accelerate the movement to stop climate change. I'm your host, Brian DeBruin, the Director of Operations for the Colorado Hydrogen Network. My guest today is Frank Zamataro, who's the CEO and co-founder of a company called Hydrocosm. That's H-Y-D-R-O-C-O-S-M. Hydrocosm uses small hydroelectric generators to recover wasted energy from water systems and then applies that green energy to power electrolyzers to generate hydrogen. Frank, welcome to the show. Thanks, Brian. Happy to be here with you and uh, truly appreciate all of the uh, collaboration from the Colorado Hydrogen Network and yourself. Well, it's great to have you, and we really appreciate your time to be on the show. So, Frank, why don't we start off with you providing your background and how you got to what you're doing today? It's a long story, but basically, I uh, born and bred on the East Coast of the United States from Brooklyn, New York, and I started my career on Wall Street. And after about 20 years in the 2000 timeframe, after experiencing uh, 9-11 firsthand, I more or less determined that there was more to do for this world than just Wall Street. And that's not to say that Wall Street doesn't play a vital role and won't play a vital role in climate change and the adoption of uh, zero emission technologies. It just means that personally, I felt a different calling at that particular time. And that has led me to uh, explore a career in clean technology and now my new spinoff called Hydrocosm. Well, I, I think it's really an exciting technology and you know we'll, we'll get into that as we go. So you started out actually with a company called Rentricity and then it went to Hydrocosm. And why don't you talk a little bit about that and you know some of the technology and, and how that all came together? So the inspiration for Rentricity really did grow out of experiencing 9-11 firsthand. I had to vacate my offices in lower Manhattan on that day and relocate to temporary space in midtown Manhattan. While setting up our temporary office in a conference room in some loner space, we were looking out a window right above a very tall building below us on the 40th floor. And on that building was a water tower. And for days and weeks after 9-11, we stared at that water tower. And we said, you know, there's a lot of water towers on top of tall buildings in New York City. And we were reflecting on what had occurred at the World Trade Center uh, when the power was basically cut off uh, when the planes hit. And we said, could we conceivably create emergency power by releasing water tower water down a pipe uh, and put in a small turbine to recover that energy and then apply it to an emergency system of some sort. 
And at that stage in my life, having a mainly IT background and finance background, I had to more or less self-teach myself uh, mechanical and electrical engineering. And I was lucky enough to have a a friend who ran an incubator in uh, New York State at Rensselaer Polytech up in Troy, New York. And I was able to host a lunch for some professors and some grad students, and I ran this idea by them. And um, the long of it is, or the short of it is, that they said, you probably cannot gather enough power from a water tower to make it meaningful enough. But one of the professors said, you know, Frank, there's a lot of pressure that is wasted in solid pipe infrastructure, in water systems. That might be worth exploring. So in the summer of 2002, I did just that. I cold called the two largest water operators in the United States who were intrigued with the concept of exploring this energy recovery. And they actually allowed me to go visit a number of vaults underground that regulated pressure for transferring water from large pipes to small pipes. And in doing so, I discovered this opportunity to actually bypass around valves that artificially dissipate pressure and use a smart turbine generator configuration to manage that pressure, but also to spin an impeller and make clean electricity. And Rentricity has been doing that commercially uh, since 2012. Uh, we were incubated at New York University's first clean tech incubator, and uh, we were very successful in achieving high status with the U.S. Clean Tech Open. And to date, uh, we uh, have 16 installations in the United States and one in Canada, ranging from between 5 kilowatts and all the way up to 360 kilowatts uh, of power that is either put onto the grid or used behind the electric meter to power uh, building power and other devices that might be available. And that's basically how I got from Wall Street to Rentricity. Now, the story about how I got from Rentricity to Hydrocosm is even more intriguing to me because I've always been and have always been a bit of an entrepreneur while in corporate America. And then moving to Rentricity, becoming an entrepreneur, my you know, creativity continued to kind of spawn me to look at things perhaps a little differently. And I had an opportunity in 2019 to basically participate in a program in the state of Colorado, sponsored by the Colorado Cleantech Industry Association. And that is what was the spark that led me to further explore hydrogen and ultimately led to hydrocosm. And I'm happy to talk more about that as well. Well, the listeners may not be aware of this, but probably every uh, municipal water system out there and uh, agricultural water systems have these pressure regulators because as the water, of course, goes up and down hills, you're going to be gaining pressure and that has to be regulated so you don't burst the pipes in the buildings. And the mains probably have, in most cases, higher pressure than is actually distributed to the buildings. So there's a lot of opportunities for these little, I'll call them mini hydroelectric generators. And 
just feeding that to the electric supply, as you talked about, maybe doesn't make that much sense. But using that to power electrolyzers to generate hydrogen, I think really does make a lot of sense. So I, I commend you for putting that together. In fact, Brian, we move in the United States over 400 billion gallons of water through pipelines every day for a variety of purposes. Water technology is a unseen technology. It's almost out of sight, out of mind, unless something breaks. But 200 billion gallons a day of that 400 billion is for the energy industry, simply to cool down their power plants. 100 billion gallons a day is for agriculture. Uh, you have 50 billion for industry, like mining, food and beverage, and 50 billion gallons a day moving through pipes every day for people. So you are correct. There is a tremendous opportunity to rethink water infrastructure as it relates to hydrogen. Well, another thing that I think is really exciting about this is as we look at trying to deploy hydrogen fuel stations around the country, there's a lot of places where you've got remote fuel stations. And if we want to make hydrogen using electricity to split water with, with that electricity to make the hydrogen, you may not have enough electricity available out in these uh, distant locations, but you may have water supplies that could generate that. So I could see the, you know, the hydrocosm system being used, especially in areas where you just really can't get the electric grid to it, or maybe it's too costly or you're blocked because people don't want wires <laughs> going through their property. So I, I can really see some uses for that. An opportunity for both rural and urban applications. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk a little bit more about your experience with the Colorado Clean Tech Industries Association, which is actually the kind of sponsoring organization of the Colorado Hydrogen Network. And CCIA, as we call it, does a, does a lot of good work. And I, I believe you participated in their uh, Energy Fellows Program. I did. And in 2019, which happened to be um, a slower year for Entricity, I had the opportunity to participate in that CCIA fellowship program. And uh, I had additional motivation to um, participate and come out to Colorado for a couple of weeks. My son uh, currently lives in Denver. He is involved with the uh, cannabis industry, and I would argue that he is just as much a pioneer as I have been in terms of exploring new horizons. And I got to spend some real quality time both with him uh, now that he's an adult, as well as participating in this program. And the real uh, opportunity there was uh, to visit and to intermingle with the Colorado clean tech community, which I would argue is very unique in the United States. I've seen the East Coast and West Coast mentalities, which range from perhaps, you know, frenetic, doing as many different things as possible to as bottom line as the, the VCs demand, perhaps on the other coast. But I sensed a certain collaborative attitude in the community of people I was interacting with. And there were 10 of us, 10 fellows that participated in this program that included both classroom-based presentations and visitations to various institutions and installations. The one that knocked me off my chair 
was visiting after many years of knowing of them and collaborating with them in different events was the National Renewable Energy Laboratory in Golden. And having the opportunity to see a presentation about hydrogen and to actually see a hydrogen electrolyzer. At that particular lab, I was impressed with the amount of energy that was required to create 40 kilograms of hydrogen gas for uh, a number of vehicles on the National Renewable Energy Laboratory's campus and uh, got to drive a Toyota Mirai as well and uh, really got a wonderful update on what was going on with hydrogen at a commercial level. I had come into contact with hydrogen electrolyzing in the early 2000s, around 2005. And at that particular time, it was very uh, university lab-based and very nascent. But in 2019, I saw what I felt was viable commercial equipment. And I was just blown away. So it sparked me to think about marrying electrolyzing with the green electrons that could potentially be created by the rentricity turbines. Well, it's really exciting how all that has kind of come together and really looking forward to hopefully seeing some hydrocosm programs, maybe generating some hydrogen here in Colorado coming up. So maybe to that point, do you want to talk a little bit about what you have in the works for uh, the coming year, which is 2021 as we're recording this, and maybe even some long-range plans after that? Sure. Following that uh, experience with CCIA, I decided that I would pursue the establishment of a spinoff company, uh, Hydrocosm. I decided for administrative purposes not to do that until January 2nd, 2020. So while the company was uh, being uh, incubated in my mind and on paper in the latter part of 2019, we actually incorporated the business in January 2020. And with the very focused objective of joining an incubator or an accelerator and pursuing an applied research program to find funding, both public and private, to put one or more pilots together within water solid pipe infrastructure. The company to date has put together a small team of ex-hydrogen executives, some of which are being subsidized through a New York State Energy Development Authority program, NYSERDA's program, through Columbia University. We have been successful in uh, revisiting a relationship with NREL and exploring some grant funding at the federal level. Uh, We have identified uh, locations in California, Colorado, and New York State that are pilot candidates. We have put together all the functional specifications. We've applied for patents and trademarks. Uh, So all of the classic building blocks are in place for Hydrocosm to continue to pursue those first pilots. So our objective uh, continues to be the identification of grant and private funding programs that will allow that to happen in the 2021-2022 period. And we see potentially three configurations that can emerge for fleet-based applications for water operators. So this could be a municipal government 
that is uh, pursuing a zero emission carbon free strategy, uh, looking to create green electrons uh, using their solid pipe water infrastructure. But instead of putting that power onto the grid or even using it behind the meter, apply it to small electrolyzer configurations that can generate hydrogen on site and dispense it on site for this small fleet. This also has application for industry as well, and we will be looking at various industrial water users in the food and beverage industry, for example, that could potentially take those green electrons, given all the water they use every day in the production of their food and and their products, and apply it even to something as simple as forklifts which these days appears to be the killer application for hydrogen zero emission vehicles. Well, we'll certainly support you at the Colorado Hydrogen Network as we can. I mean, Hydrocosm is a member and we absolutely want to see the hydrogen infrastructure developed here. And I think you're really on to a a good track with, with what you're doing. So well, before we wrap up, Frank, is there anything else that we really didn't touch on that you'd like to cover? Well, um, just that I do believe very strongly that we need to look at water infrastructure differently. There has been a lot of discussion about rebuilding the infrastructure in the United States. I think hydrogen will play a meaningful role in those discussions. And perhaps the hydrogen highway, as everyone now calls it, is already here, but we're just not tapping into it or we're just not thinking about where it needs to go. So I do feel that the message I would love to leave with your listeners Think about water infrastructure differently, and perhaps this may spark a different way of thinking about how to build the hydrogen infrastructure, which will be critical to the adoption of zero emission vehicles, as well as other applications. Well, hopefully this discussion today will uh, generate some interest and generate some ideas and uh, really encourage the listeners out there, if you'd like to talk about this some more, please don't hesitate to contact Frank or to contact me. So to that point, I guess, Frank, what's the the best way for listeners to basically learn more about your work or get in touch with you? They can all go to www.hydrocosm.com and uh, my contact information is there. And I would welcome the opportunity to explore discussions as it relates to uh, water infrastructure and the integration of many different technologies that could uh, lead to this unique approach to hydrogen production and dispensing. Great. Well, I'd really, again, want to encourage people to uh, to reach out. Um, both you and I are happy to, to talk to folks. I think you also said you had a, a short article about how Hydrocosm evolved and uh, this whole promise of using water systems to help the hydrogen highway. Um, I'll put a link to that on the uh, Colorado Hydrogen Network website. And I think, do you already have a link to that on Hydrocosm? There will be following this broadcast or podcast. Okay. All right. Very good. So, all right, listeners, um, again, you know, if you enjoy listening to the Hydrogen Nowcast, please subscribe to the podcast and also give us a rating in your podcast app. A good rating helps us be discovered by other people. And of course, word of mouth recommendations are really important. So consider letting people in your own network 
know about the Hydrogen Nowcast. So until next time, this is Brian DeBruin wishing you health and prosperity. Goodbye.